Hello and welcome to The Nerd Alternative, a sweet melting pot of all things nerdy. Today you're joined by me, Ram. Um, we also have to my right. Is this my right? Ram's put Harry Bows in front of me, so if I keep like the ways, because I am munching on these bad boys. But yeah, Levi's here. And then to my, the top of my screen, but I don't actually know where you are on the screen is... I, I could be anywhere. It's me, it's Hassan. I'm back. Hassan. And can you keep me down? We have a special guest today. Woohoo! He's, I feel like, when was the last time you, was it when we did? Robots, Ro- Ro- Robots, yeah. Yeah, love, mm. love and love. This is my first time on, on with you guys. I'm, mm. who, who's the person who's been on your show, the guest the most? Wait, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be Josh, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's still, yeah. How, how many episodes has he done? I think five. I think Fucking hell, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we so you've got five of you. But he, he's more he's more like a a part time member. Yeah. 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 Fair, fair. yeah. So you, I guess you you can say that you I, are. I can hold the guess. Yeah. 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 This is gonna be burning. I'll tell yeah. her. <laughs> well, <I'm laughs> The Manny, the myth, the legend. Um, Thank you for having me, guys. Did you say the Manny, the myth, the legend? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I like that. <laughs> I've, I've, I've missed you a lot, you know. I've missed your I miss fans. You too. I miss I've you missed too, your bro. fans, man. <laughs> Fuck it out. <laughs> um, today, we have a special episode. Um, we, you know, true to our sweet melting pot of all things nerdy, we are stepping outside of the mediums that we usually cover. And today, we're going to talk about a piece of theatre. We're going to talk about for black boys who have considered suicide when the hue gets too heavy, which is a very heavy title. So um, we're probably going to refer to it as for black boys throughout the rest of the episode. But that is the full title in its full glory. Um, before we <laughs> before we get <laughs> into the episode, we're just going to briefly talk about some um, some news. Um, it's not really news. We're just going to talk about the game games awards so that all you nerds who are not prepared for us to move into some random (laughs) random rabbit hole about theater (laughs) could get some of your nerdy yeah 20 minutes of content honestly let's let's ease people into today's episode because like the topic is like quite serious and like it is something that people need to like it is one of the books but i definitely say read the book if it comes back into theater get yourself a ticket but like it's it's a lot <laughs> it, is. it is i'm quite curious to know how your experience was reading it yeah. today, Sasan. but um game awards i guess mm. game awards 2022 i'm gonna let um hassan lead on this one so uh another year has come past and jeff Keeley's love like and his love of uh, kojima has come back in full force he's turned up he brought kojima again He's, it's adorable. I love it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was. Did you guys? Did you guys watch it? Did you actually like see it on the night? No, I watched clips of the things that I cared about. Okay. Yeah, highlights. I I couldn't even tell you a single thing that happened. <laughs> <laughs> so like, everything you're about to tell me, it'll be it'll be a surprise. Oh, you're in for a treat. Like this, okay. it was like do you know, like uh, E3 has like um there's there's games and all that kind of fun stuff but what we really turn up for is the cringe there was so much cringy oh, shit. awkward presentations <laughs> it was buck wild i've never seen a game awards where it felt like a hostage situation the whole <laughs> award show felt like we the audience were the hostages of whatever was happening they all feel like that <laughs> except for i guess i feel like some 
Japanese developers, they bring the energy sometimes. But in these it, game shows, a lot of these guys, it's, it's, it is proper like, is this a stakeholders meeting? Or I mean, it mm. kind of is, but you get that a lot of these guys. Yeah, uh, that's how like a lot of them started. They were trade shows. Um, and then they kind of had to bring people in to keep them liquid. Well, what could they do to spice up the awards? No, I love it. This is this is exactly <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> the but, kind of answers I'm here. But for. you're you're not a typically normal person, so I'm asking for the general public. <laughs> uh, listen, listen, listen here, Maddie. <laughs> you're right, but don't be right so loud. <laughs> I, I mean, like I mean that it, as a compliment. <laughs> no, I feel like they need to make it like a music award show. It needs to be fun. I, honestly, yeah, I yeah, but think... music has you can you can perform music. Mm. Okay, but uh, music you could do like okay, but the Oscars are still kind of entertaining. They have their little skits and jokes and stuff that are not awkward. Um, if if I'm if I'm honest, I don't think award shows are for consumers. Like they're, they're really not. Like there should there should be a delineation between like reveals and award show stuff. I really think the award shows should be to the industry and the industry personnel and kind of make it less voyeuristic and just kind of about what they've done and kind of the accolades that they deserve. I, I think that would be the best way to do it because for us, the casual consumer, watching three hours of people shaking each other's hands and half of them, you don't know their name, you don't know who they are, what they are, you're never going to see these people again. It doesn't really make sense to be something that we consume. But if they're going to do it that way, yeah. um, I think the best way to kind of keep it more engaging is to have some sort of audience engagement mechanism and i don't really think they have anything like that at the moment i, th- I think it's harder to do for games because uh, for example for music shows they have performances in between mm. that, that's how you engage with music with ga- games you enjoy you engage with it by playing games or watching other people playing games i don't know how they can incorporate something like that into gaming awards and that even goes back to like what i wish like um like awards that do awards for like film and TV. I hope that I wish that they have like dialogue or, or monologue um, uh, acting in between mm. awards, just mm. just to give respect to the art that you're presenting into the yeah. art that that got that got you guys there. But I don't know how they could do that with gaming shows, make it relevant and fun. So they do like music, and they had like a couple of like musical interludes. Um, a couple of them were pretty cool. Um, they had music from God of War, and they had oh, nice. uh, they had music from the new Diablo, which is out next year. <laughs> What, like the, live live performances, like mm, orchestrated. Um, yeah. yeah, so they had Hosier and uh, one of the, uh, the the composer for God of War. They're doing the God of War stuff. Uh, they had. I don't know who the lady was. It's not my musical forte. Um, um, but yeah, doing the Diablo one, and it was like it was big, and they had like orchestra backing, and it was like interesting enough to kind of keep you focused. But uh, again, like a, a lot of it just it doesn't feel like something I should be watching. I, I just feel like kind of this this weird pervert watching someone have their like their moment in the sun you know what I mean <laughs> I still think they should do skits or something that like you know when you have like certain jokes that or like conversations within like fandoms about like games and stuff like stuff that makes it clear that they're kind of like le- not listening to what the audience are like mm. but they're like in touch with like how people have received the games and stuff maybe not skits is not the right word but like something there that is like bridging the gap I don't know I, I do want to say shout out to Al Pacino who turned up. Yeah, that like, was so funny. I was cute. I was dying laughing because like my man turned up like everyone's granddad. Just yes. like, is this a must? Is this the Mr. Chief? <laughs> he was like, I don't play games, but my grandchildren do. And I was like, oh. 
That's very is, cute. Is there an, any award show that any of you guys are trying to watch? Because I personally, I, there's none. I, you asked about making them engage, and I'm like, I don't find any of Not them. Not nowadays, anyway. Yeah, hey, I just don't care if, for them. If they give me an award, absolutely. <laughs> I'll make all of you watch. I would watch. I, I think with the game was I just like to get upset because nothing I want. To, actually, some things that won this year I'm happy with, but it's it's never usually the case for me to be honest. Um, I I kind of want to get my one big gripe uh, out of the way up top before we talk about like the the winners and and that kind of stuff. Um, they brought you uh, Yoshi P to the Game Awards after his racist nonsense. Is um, that the um... yeah the Final Fantasy guy? Yeah. Um, after him talking about how he can't have representation in his game because it's going to be a medieval world with medieval people. And that's going to be so weird if you see anyone that's even a little bit brown. And like the balls, the balls of them to say that and have Ifrit, which is part of Islamic <laughs> mythology. The balls, the balls on them. I feel like uh, that, 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 that interview and, you know, it's gone very much under the rug, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people kind of been like that's that's a weird thing to say do you know mm. what i mean i don't think mm. it's been deemed problematic on the internet if that makes sense because he's out it, here yeah people have like a lot of um willful ignorance when it's like games that are special to them yeah and I like mean, final fantasy really trailer, benefit the doubt trailer look kind of hard though i can't lie <laughs> You're doing it right now. <laughs> Can't lie. It's I like... did grumble when I pressed play first, though. Ram, you saw me. I did. <laughs> oh, do you see what I'm fighting? I'm fighting from the inside. I do have a backbone, I swear. Hey, Lizzie, we're going to talk about anti-blackness in black people <laughs> in a moment. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, it's just, um, I, I think... It's one thing for the casual audience to kind of to let things slide, but big events to kind of go, okay, this sort of like insidious racism is okay with us. Let's actually lord him and give him awards. That's buck wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's my gripe out the way. Now we'll talk about some good stuff. There was um there was a lot of like really cool games announced this year. Um you you money, you played like a bunch of Hades, didn't you? No. Oh no! Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I watched us play it. I I, I, I did not play it. Uh, um, I'm sorry, it, it, it. It looks like a really fun game, to be fair. Um, oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, you you played you played a lot of it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I think I put like two hundred or something hours into it. Like, I really oh, enjoyed that game. Like I really really did. They they, they made like was it, was it gods that um mm. was finding the underworld like it was the Greek mythology so like um Hades and Thanatos and you know, like all of all of the the pantheon of Greek gods were were there in some sort of way. Yeah, they, they did their best to try to make them sexy because every time I jumped on into this <laughs> um, chat and she was playing it, they're like these two people would get off at any moment. Oh my God. <laughs> they, they made everyone unnecessarily hot for no reason. No good reason at all. Well, I'm not complaining. Enough. It's fine. <laughs> I feel like that's the motive though with the Greek myth. Like I don't think I've seen anything where they're not hot these days but i don't know there there are like um some which are like like fat and kind of like chubby and like cherubim kind of ways mm. um some of them are just straight up gross but like for the most part yeah they're meant to be like i did it can't they yeah i did it's the right time uh yeah. did you see any trailers that you were like dead into early why 
Yeah, I mean, there was quite a lot. Um, I'm planning to get back into Street Fighter, but yeah. I, I say that all the time. Um, <laughs> Every year. And that the trailer they released was quite, um, it's quite black, wasn't it? There was a lot of black characters that they unveiled. Um, Star Wars, the Star Wars sequel. I mean, yes, I'm, that game I'm is, so down. yeah, I, I can't wait for that. And a lot of these games that they had trailers for were... Well, they were slated for next year, right? So I don't know. It kind of got me excited since this year's done in a um, couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, no, a lot of the... I think this is actually the first time in a while that I've seen like trailers and been actually excited, even more so than like some like state of plays and stuff. But, you know, Death Stranding 2... Um, uh, I'm not playing Royal Mail Sim again. I, <laughs> I'm good. I was just thinking. It's so interesting. Like every time I see a tra- trailer, I'm like, I need to experience this. And I downloaded Death Stranding on Game Pass and then I deleted it. I didn't even open it, didn't play it once. And I watched <laughs> this trailer and I'm probably going to go and download it again. And we'll see this time. Maybe I'll open it. And Judas, Judas as well. Yes. Yeah. Ken Levine's new game. So he's the guy behind Bioshock. So if you love Bioshock, Next year, you're going to be eating because um, Atomic Hearts is out as well. And that's like 1950s, 1960s, like Russia propaganda uh, Bioshock. That looks. Um, but yeah, that's me. That's it was, I was. It was a pretty healthy batch of trailers and reveals and things. I was happy with it. Uh, I, w- I want to shout out like uh, two other games. Well, one other game because we did talk about Hades 2. Um, Earthblade. Um, I'm not sure if you noticed. It's by the guys who developed Celeste. I'm I'm mm, so hyped. It's not my list of games to complete. You're not allowed. Shut up. Uh Manny, you need to play Celeste first and foremost. You like platformers, right? Um so sell it to me. Uh it's a platformer, tricky, super responsive, amazing story. Like the powers and like the abilities are super intuitive. Like the challenge loop gets harder and harder but as you're getting better and better it doesn't ever feel like you're getting bullied by the game you're like oh i can do this and when you do it it feels amazing i think i think the last platformer that i completed was little nightmares mm. uh which i absolutely loved and I, I just couldn't go back to gaming because it was that good <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that thank you well what um what console is it on uh, celeste is on everything earthblade i think is going to be out on everything as well um, but it's not out until next year, I think. Hassan, was there any... I'm just going to ask you, I think we should move on from this. Um, were there any of the awards that you were that like you were happy with or that you thought someone else should have won? I think they were, for the most part, um, pretty good. I think Stray winning uh, two Best Indie Awards was a bit rich. Uh, there was games like Vampire Survive and Tunic and uh, Citizen Sleeper that definitely should have eked out Stray. Stray's fantastic, but it's not... Game of the Year. It is not fantastic. It is super fun. I really enjoy that. But again, it's it's not Game of the Year, like uh oh, like indie game of the year. Because like Vampire Survive kicked off an entire subgenre in gaming. That's insane. Like in, in 2020 to, to like completely change indie gaming like that and not get any awards. Mm. What? Yeah, it, it um Stray felt like a meme game that like he was so mean about it, considering <laughs> he said he said what Stray won. What? Because Ginger Cat goes meow meow. We <laughs> <laughs> have a Ginger Cat. So, on behalf of Clementine, I was offended. <laughs> you can say it again. Because I voted and I voted for Sifu in every category that Sifu came up in. I was very upset. I'm just going to do a slow clap for your, for your amazing joke. 
Uh, if I wasn't even there, joking when I said it earlier. I was like, put a picture of Clementine with a sad face as well because <laughs> we'll make that for the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Moving into the deep and heavy. Um, we might cry. We will probably laugh. Um, yeah. So for Black Boys. Um, so for Black Boys um, is a Novu Rish um, production. Um, it was commissioned initially by the new Diorama Theatre and co-commissioned by Bounders Theatre. Um, written by Ryan Calais Cameron. Um, and yeah, the, the title, if you are already familiar with... Um, Tazaki Shange's um for colored girls who have considered suicide when the rainbow is enough um we'll know that that's kind of uh some of the inspiration for the play um so that is a it's a very interesting play I would definitely recommend reading it um it's kind of more of a long poem I would say so each of the characters um are named after a color of the rainbow and they kind of talk about their experiences as black women um kind of more so focused on like different elements of their life so there's like one woman who talks about um her experience of like being raped um they talk about motherhood and all their stories kind of intersect it's really beautiful um I've never gotten the chance to see it live but I think it was written in like 1976 so that's probably why I haven't had the chance to actually um see it um but yeah when I was in drama school that was like one of the pieces of like work that I was like oh my god there's like black women who write stuff and like or write stuff in a way that's not necessarily um like writing in the way that like white people write for example that there's not like a set kind of way that you need to write and used to be like Shakespeare was very like powerful to me to just read something that felt very very much like when you listen to like oral storytelling and that's very popular in like the black community black communities or like black backgrounds in general um and I don't know the sense yeah just the sense of poetry and like the way that it flowed so yeah I'd recommend reading that but um a lot of black boys is kind of you can see a lot of the influences um it's a beautiful heavy nuanced love letter um to the life joys and struggles of black men from all walks of life um yeah Ryan Calais Cameron is amazing as well um he's been involved in a lot of other shows so the one that I kind of knew him for was Queens of Sheba which he co-wrote um which is about the experiences of well it's inspired by um the three dark-skinned black women who were not let into a club because of their appearances and kind of um reckons with some of like the themes and um experiences of those women um and he's also an actor he's currently working on um the show Queenie as a guest writer he does a lot of stuff definitely check him out and check out his work I think he had a play on at Theatre Peckham recently which was Human Nature um so yeah definitely go see his work um the cast um for both iterations of the show so um the show that we saw was at the Royal Court um, which was the second run of the show. Manny, I don't know if that's also the show that yeah. you saw. Yeah. Um, so that was a little bit different from the new diorama um, performance, which had a bit less music in it. Um, so I think the second run at the Royal Court was more choreographed. There was a bit more of a um, choreo poem um, vibe to it, which uh, made it really unique. And I think it also made it 
a journey, I guess, because there were moments in it when I was crying like a baby. (laughs) But there were also other moments where we were like dancing and like getting up. And I think like just having that balance of like so much joy, but also so much pain made it such an experience. And I think for me, it just reminded me of like when you have conversations as a black person about difficult things in life it's not we're not always crying (laughs) like we're not always like woe is me like sometimes you know you you make a joke about things that are difficult or you you dance and sing because we can't always just be down low um anyway I'm not going to keep talking that much right I just wanted to shout out the cast um so the cast for both runs were I'm sorry if I like Ah. I'm butcher. sorry if I butcher anybody's names. Butcher. Um the cast were Nabiko, uh Edgin Mafour, Dara Dara Hand, Kane Lawrence, Aruna Jalo, uh Emmanuel Aquafo, and Mark Ikintimin. So the, the play um so the play kind of centers um around six uh six yeah. four <laughs> no it's, it's five it's, <laughs> sorry eight? I'm so i want to say i want to say so sorry i had to go i'm gonna say six i feel like it's six yeah um six. I, f- I think they have like six different acts but the play only had well i only saw the play four people oh really yeah that's so interesting I feel like we had six people. Wait, just... what colors were in your play? Colors, the people yeah, the names. Uh, they, they never actually said the names during the play. Yeah, I see that. Oh, yeah. So basically, I was going off of because for colored girls, everyone was like a name. So I just named everybody by their t-shirts. But yeah. oh, um, um, when I, I went back I, I, through, I they've the, got uh, the names. So I I'm gonna the names. Hold on. Um, I'm gonna okay. say them as their color and also their actual names so that this is so when weird. we refer to this everyone knows what we're talking about so midnight was mr green to me to us because he was wearing green onks was purple pitch was orange jet was red sable was blue and obsidian was yellow even though i'm seeing them in different colors that's weird <laughs> <laughs> It's the colors and the stones don't match, which is freaking yeah, me out. Yeah. But so I think we're going to have to like, I think each character I mean, has like a, a moment that they kind of like, you know, um, explore something very specific. So I guess we can also refer to that throughout. So if I mean, there is any confusion, <laughs> um, that get is your books out, follow and look at home. Um, but yeah, the play kind of centers around these characters who, um, are kind of in an informal therapy space ish, mm. and they they discuss various um, themes and issues and um, conversations that black men are or are not having. I don't know. You'd have to tell me because I'm not a black man. Um, but kind of things that are like you know, um, I don't know what's the right word, to, right way to describe it. <laughs> it's, it's, it you're right. It's almost it was almost like just like a therapy session between yeah. What you could what you could say is almost like not every but like various aspects of like being a black man and how how they interact with each other, how people who identify as those parts interact with each mm-hmm. other almost. Um I'm just curious as to who was at Manny's play because he said no, he had four I was, people. 
I didn't want to interrupt. I was going to say that, yeah, I'm absolutely bugging. There was definitely six. I pulled up like um, the, the cast and, and the visuals. Like, I, all of you were there. I, I, uh, I just want to say there is, there is, there is eight characters. Um, so, like, you're all wrong. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to throw out a disclaimer now. So, um, we all have experienced the play in different ways so Manny, Levi and myself all saw it at the Royal Court um so we saw like a live version of it um with all the music and all the choreography um and Hassan has read the script but we haven't read the script so it's gonna be an interesting conversation because I think we're gonna be talking a lot more about like the experience of it as a whole um whereas I feel like Hassan you, you're gonna be able to anchor the conversation with like some of the like specific like quotes and conversations that <clears throat> we might have forgotten because we saw it back in May so it's been quite a while um but we just felt like um we've been wanting to talk about it for a while and I think also when we talk about like we talk about storytelling a lot on this um podcast whether it's like in games or like in films or even sometimes like books and stuff but I think theatre is one thing that we haven't really touched on that much and I think theatre as a medium brings like a very different feel like there's things in this play that were done that I don't think you could experience in another way like I don't think you could have it as a film but I don't think it would bring the same feeling um or the conversation would carry the same because we also talk about films that should have been plays a lot on this podcast mm. too um and i think this is a play that should have been a play um but yeah yep. let's get into it i'm gonna let you you're gonna let me what lead a lead yeah. um <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> hello my name is Levi. um yeah no so hassan i do want to say i i'm very sorry that you weren't able to experience this play um i'm sure that you know reading it this is just kind of thinking back to like the scripts or what we heard I feel like this is something that you could read and still take away from it but it was definitely an experience and a vibe that kind of sat with me even to the point of like if you like if I if I go and watch a, a trailer for it now or watch an interview it almost puts my brain in that kind of space or it, it, it kind of evokes a feeling of when I was there. I would say, I mean, we talk about like black stories and stuff a lot and not not really in theatre particularly, usually in other mediums, but I am usually like the stickler that feels like if when there's a, a story, a black story or experience in, in like games or films or whatever, it does kind of feel a bit like pan, like, like it's pandering a little bit or it can feel shallow. Um, it can feel like there's like a broad stroke, especially us being Brits and watching a lot of like uh, American content. You know, there's there's there is a difference between you know Black British people and African Americans in terms of our culture and, and certain things. Um, I just feel like this play was probably the for me personally the the best like way of like given the nuances of being a Black male. I say to Ram all the time, semi jokingly that like I just don't see much like black men in Hollywood especially when there's whenever there's like a push for like blackness let's look at like Woman King or um was it in Black Panther as well and Wakanda Forever was like there's not really well I know Mbaku was there but it's very much focused on black women which is fine of course mm -hmm. but if someone was then to say to me like you know where's like black men like the film or the the, the tv show about like 
black men, not man, like black man protagonists about black men. I don't know if I could think of much myself mm-hmm. right now. Um, that's not gang related and things like that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I guess it's like when I think of stuff like Insecure, I can't think of a a male version of Insecure that's like empowering almost um, Mm -hmm. like that. And I just feel like this this fitness performance kind of hit that for me in almost every single way. Even some of the colours or the the people that I can't identify with, I can identify those in other people. the, the play literally felt like a mashup between conversations I've had in my head and conversations I've had with the homies. Like it, it just felt so like, I don't know. It just felt so genuine and so honest, I'd yep. say. Yep. And that was hella ramble, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I guess we can start with initial thoughts and then go into moments. Cause that's kind of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Manny, do you want to go? Um, I can. Yeah. Um, just a quick one. What's funny is that when I first, like this was around the period when, I started to go in, going to a lot of theatre shows and I remember seeing the title for Black Boys. I was like, yep, I'm not watching that. <laughs> 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 because the, cause the title is very, very, very heavy. Yeah, um, it's yeah. like, I'm, I, I don't really care to... Obviously, I didn't know anything about the play. I didn't really care to watch something that I thought that was like very trauma-driven. What, mm. That's what I looked like by, by, the, by the name of it. And literally, I never would have gone and watch it, watched it if um, a person called Jude, who's a writer, wrote a review for it and he wrote about how much he loved to play, da 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 da, and and funny enough, like during that week, I was trying to get tickets from my friend. About we couldn't find tickets; it was completely sold out. One of my friends, luckily, she had somebody uh, drop out, and she managed to get the tickets for the both of us. But yeah, just a quick one. But yeah, initial thoughts about getting too much into um, spoiler territory and things that we'll talk about later is that I absolutely loved it. It's literally one of the best things I've ever watched in any sort of medium. Yeah, definitely my favorite theater show that I've ever been to. Um, and just touching on what Levi said, it was a very, very honest piece of work. And yeah, we don't really get enough. Um, well, I don't believe I, I've watched enough um, TV or film or even theater show that that's very honest in regards to how black men feel uh, mm-hmm. about themselves and about each other and about the environment they're in, without it being very um, cliche or, or or very. Like, like something that we see all the time, like again, like gang-related violence, anger, or or the perception of what being a man is is meant to be. Um, I felt like this is very, very honest. And I went on the day where they did um, the cast members and the writer did a talk at the end of it, and even that talk was very emotional because they spoke about how difficult it is for them to to put out that sort of performance. Mm-hmm. And when they were talking about doing more tours, it was like, yes, we would love to do more tours, but we need to think about the the mental health of each of these actors because they're putting a lot of their, themselves on the stage. And you can see that. Um, but yeah, if this ever if this ever comes back into fears, which I hope they do, and I hope it comes back with them not being able to do it uh, um, day in, day out, like anybody that's listening, definitely go and watch it. It's literally one of the greatest things I've ever personally watched. And and it's the first time I went to it. I cried in in, in, in the theatre show. Um, and it's literally one of the best, like, best experience I've ever had in my life. I'm incredibly jealous. Reading it, it's, it, it, it feels so emotive and so beautifully crafted. And it's, it almost flows like poetry in the way it's all put together. But like the conversations are, like one of the, one of the things I have like a lot of issue with, like with a lot of like kind of black, entertainment is it feels cynical but this it felt like gut-wrenchingly honest conversations that you would have or like the issues that are like that simmer under the surface constantly that you don't realize 
have been simmering on that level until someone kind of shifts your perspective. And there's oh, there's there's the interplay between the the characters that kind of have like that feeling of like you know when you're in a group of people and you're like you're seeing every facet of like typical black men, black specifically British men as well. Like you don't get this kind of insight into like just talking to normal black British dudes in like any kind of medium or like any kind of book really like. That I've seen done to this level, I I definitely felt some sort of way when I when I read it the first time, and it it took me like an hour just to kind of like read through it, but like I instantly read like read it again. It is beautifully crafted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I related to a lot of the characters um, in a way that I wasn't really prepared for. I was like, it yeah, it it really kind of um, works its way into you in a way that I wasn't prepared for. Why do I feel emotional? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it was I an emotional. Like, yeah, mm. I get emotional thinking about it. Actually. Me, like I literally pulled up like the pictures of um because I I tried, I tried to remember their faces and names. Like looking at them, I was like, bro, like that that day actually hit me like yeah. a lot. But yeah, sorry. I think, yeah, I think my, yeah, is the best thing I've ever seen as well. And even not being like a black man, obviously, it's like, I guess there's like loads of crossover between like the black female and the black male experience and stuff. So there were like things that I could obviously relate to it. But I think what made it so like, it just made me think of like the male people in my life and like those who... I can see have not been able to have some of the conversations that were in the play that I think like I would have loved to take and like have brought them to see the play and maybe seen if that would have like opened them up but at the same time it was also like some of the conversations that I've had like with my little brother and like I think a lot about like don't ask me why I think about this just sometimes when I have conversations with my brother I think about the things that he talks about with his friends because sometimes don't do that no because sometimes sometimes I just think like I don't know he asked me certain things and I'm just like I feel like there's like a gap or something and I don't know how to reach, like, I don't know how to cross it because I'm not like, obviously he's looking at me as his sister, but also I'm a woman and there's like things that he's probably going to experience that I just won't, I can wrap my head around it. Like in terms of like, I don't know, like theme wise, but in terms of experience, there's not really that much that I can say. So I think that's what was so great about it. And also just seeing, cause we get this with like black women as well, but just seeing so many different types of black men, um, not just one and seeing also how they interact with each other and that they're not always agreeing with one another. There's like loads of moments where there's like some tension or there's some like disagreements, but at the end of it, there's like this, I don't know, just brotherhood. It was just a great experience. And also just being in the theater as well. Like, um, so I guess we can dive into this a little bit, but um, obviously I'm the theater person in the um, in on the podcast and stuff. And like I always have this like weird relationship with theater where I still sometimes feel very much like an outsider or like I'm in a medium that's not supposed to be like I'm kind of forcing it a little bit. Um, and I think like when we've gone and seen like other theater shows that are by black like creatives and stuff like for example when we went to go see Misty and there was just like the whole front row which is like the most expensive seats and stuff was just white people and it was so weird to me because I was just like I don't like it almost felt a bit voyeuristic I felt a bit weird like we're we're having these like conversations that we have in the black community and all of a sudden it's like on stage for like people in in an institute that is very very white like I think film is now a lot more like accessible and theatre is getting there but it's still quite a like white space. Um, And 
yeah I don't know it felt weird to have that on stage but I think what was so great about for black boys was like I didn't really get that there were white people in the audience and of course like I'm not saying there shouldn't be any white people in the audience but it was a very community like wholesome kind of like I felt like I was with my people kind of vibe that's what it was and it was like the moments were um, I think sometimes when you go to theatres as well, there's like a sense of like how you ha- how you should behave. Like you shouldn't really be getting up and dancing. You, you you feel like you shouldn't be making noise and stuff. But when you have like a play that I think is really for the community that it's like writing about, you see the difference in the in the theatre space, like where people felt like they could just vocalize however they needed to um where they felt like they could snap their fingers where they felt like they could dance where they felt that they could sing um and so that was the other thing that was like super beautiful about it i never thought about that about what like like how the vibe just because because you're right misty felt misty felt very much like 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 a theater show yeah misty was a great play and basically misty is like about um the story of like a guy trying to reckon with being in the theater industry essentially and like writing a play and like how do you cater to the white audience but how do you also cater to the black audience and like the nuances of like being a black creative in a space that's not really for you or like a a space where like in order to get funding you need to write a certain kind of story but then at the same time are you going to be straying away from like some of the things that you would want to put in your play so it was very interesting but at the same time like yeah I just I will never forget literally that whole front row just being white people and like we were at the back and like I don't know it was was a weird dynamic and I always think about that every time I go and see um certain plays but also that's why I don't go to certain theaters like (laughs) (laughs) um because I think there's like a different vibe in each place so that's why theater is weird as a story I mean do you think that's do you think that's due to the play itself because I think the writing the topic and the writing I feel like Misty does kind of have that I don't know what the word term is like white intrigue or, or whatever do you think that was kind of because I mean as a as a white person if I if I read the title of this play mm-hmm. I, I not that I would like be like uh but I'd probably I might I don't know I'm not white what the hell but, <laughs> but I, I just I don't know I do feel like this play definitely like you said there was definitely a vibe to it where it felt like um you it, it just didn't feel like it was it was it was designed for black boys like it was a story and a message to tell and anyone else you can pick up and take away from it is fine but mm. it it definitely felt like it felt cultured even down to the um to soundtrack I was listening to earliest vibe on, on your point in regards to like some theater shows that many have in a white audience like a lot of like black theater shows i've been to i can tell that there's a conscious one in regards to catering to white people, mm-hmm. which is very. I, I don't know if you guys seen. I'm, I'm gonna leave some visuals right now. Did you guys go and watch um Black Love by any chance? No. Please don't if it ever comes back. <laughs> 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 like the, the title is Black Love. Yeah, I was gonna say, see what you said about black boys earlier. I Black Love is giving me that. Right yeah. Now. <laughs> seeing it and then i was like i don't think i can go watch this oh bro like yeah like it it, it's okay i don't care if i'm cussing it but it's bro i don't (laughs) ever watch it it was it was about um the show's called black cloth but was mostly about interracial um, interracial relationships and also the conversation in regards to how black women are treated by black men in regards to desires was so shallow like mm-hmm. it, it just felt like these are the type of conversation that you see a tweet about. It didn't necessarily go into any sort of nuance. 
in regards to as to why it is an issue and and what the problems from it uh, what problems arise from it it was just such a shallow shallow conversation it's like you're dating a white woman i dislike you out of nowhere the main character said oh this is this is why i don't i, I don't date black women out of nowhere you from <laughs> none of the from none of the show you ever spoke about why you're dating the white babies mm-hmm. or why you particular particularly chose this white babies over anyone else that that's anger just came out of nowhere but yeah don't ever watch that show it, did, it, like, did it fade to black after he said that <laughs> Maybe, maybe the one thing about Black Club that the the songs, the song selections were slapping. Mm. I can't, I can't, I can't lie. The song selection was slapping, but yeah, never watching um, that show again. This, this is what we're talking about, like the kind of the cynical thing, where like mm-hmm. there's a lot of black stories to be sold to white people mm-hmm. um, that we see, and it really comes off as disingenuous. Like it doesn't yep. feel like you're taking my story as a black person with any sort of respect or weight when you're packaging in a way that's like fast food almost there's there's no nourishing information you're giving there's no nuance you're giving there's no depth to any of the pieces or any of the reasons why we are how we are you're just like here's something exotic for yeah these people it's it's it's, it's in the nuance yeah it's mm. i was gonna say even that that trashy film we watched, A Hundred Streets, the little, the boy, his, he was like a hood guy that done poetry. Yeah. And then at the end, he got into theater. I think that's what, but I think that's, that's kind of why I wanted to, I mean, watch it for the fun of it. It was a very short movie. <laughs> um, but I think that's why I kind of wanted to touch on just like, theater is a very difficult space, I think, um, to tell stories without feeling like you're going to get micromanaged because I think, like film is just generally more accessible so theater is like there is a degree of like if you want to sell those seats you know who the audience is and there's definitely like theaters that I personally don't go to because I know what kind of audience they're looking for and I know it's not me I might like sometimes do a little like step out if they program something interesting but for the most part I go to the bush everyone that's my favorite (laughs) but like um yeah I think it's just interesting that this really worked because it was so honest and I guess because the team were so um because I think in that that me and Levi were watching the Q&A I think it's the same Q&A that you saw as well Manny um on your performance but he was just kind of talking about like um there was actually a white guy who said like oh you know this show should be like shown to did they show the reply oh bro bro he said it and there's a one woman there's a black woman like saying that to his father he's like he kept talking bears it's like shut up but their like answer to that was like well this play isn't really for that kind of audience and like yeah. if obviously you know like everyone is a human being so you you know you, you'd probably be a really weird person if you couldn't watch a story and find something that you could relate to on a very human level. Yeah. So I think, you know, this play is for everyone in that sense, but it's not really for, it's not to teach people. It's not to be like, like that's not the vibe of the, um yeah, that's not that. So I think it's just so interesting to me that it worked so amazingly well and did something really magical in that, in a space that I think is generally quite, I'm not going to say it's hostile. I love theatre. This is not to say that I I hate it or anything, but it is definitely a space that I think is just quite difficult to manoeuvre. And people are doing it. They're doing the work. I'm not saying that this is the only play that (laughs) has done it, but I think that is like what made it so magical was that it, it just, yeah, it did everything that it needed to do and it didn't have that weird, like, ooh, need to cater to this white audience.
element of it, which meant that it was so yeah honest, like you like you guys. Said. I mean, I'm, without even trying not to spoil it, I guess. I mean, we can things... get into spoilers now. I mean, there's not really that much to spoil. Where are you? Gonna yeah. be? <laughs> I I genuinely think people should go out and buy this because like, it it wasn't it wasn't very expensive. Like to pick up, like picked up on Amazon for like seven quid. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I literally have it up right now to, to buy as soon as this mm-hmm. call is over. Um, <laughs> I, I would say buy it in your local bookshop, but like this is incredibly niche. Um, find I mean, it however you can. You can probably find it in a like bit, or like if you go to Bloomsbury Publishing, if you don't want to give out something. That's, that's exactly where I am. Mm. <laughs> For me, a lot of the times, like anything, like has to stick the landing and and you, like what you take away, what what you feel like the overarching theme is. And I think what I really enjoyed about this was, you know, is all these different kind of mindsets and and you almost kind of think, every, I mean, because whenever you're watching anything, you fall into that thing of like, who is the writer going to tell you is right? Or mm. who do you think is right? Who's going to, mm. um, yeah, how, what's the narrative? How is this going to pan out? And it kind of just didn't do that in this in in this play. Like it kind of it, it the way it ended of them just kind of like literally just playing with each other essentially and just like that black boy joy of the, um of the guy was it the guy dancing by yeah. himself and then they're all around him and 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 it just it, to me it just felt like you know all of these different uh, ideologies or different like parts of like the like a black boy's life kind of all coming together and it's like. You know, it doesn't matter what you think, because like, you know there's some guy that agreed with Mr. Purple Man, them guy. I, I can just imagine it in my head. You like, you know, what I, mean? <laughs> I know that person. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I know what, like, you know what I mean. But then, like, at the, at the end, it, it's it's kind of like what keeps us as as black men up and strong as each other, almost. You know what I mean? And and that as as kind of like the bow on the end of it, it was just like chef's kiss. I legit think I'm gonna cry <laughs> in this episode. But um, yeah, I guess we've kind of talked about the wider things around the play, but it would be good to get into the actual like standout moments um, or yeah, particular bits. Like each character basically had their like character arc almost, not character arc, but their, their defining thing that kind of um, reflected on various different themes. So it, there was stuff about like um, being gay, Black, black sexuality, um, being pro-black and what that means, the how how you use or do not use the N-word, um, abuse, um, fatherhood, all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if anyone has like a a favorite moment or a, a favorite character. I don't know. I, I have a I don't think this is my favorite moment, but it's like one of the most outstanding ones mm. was when they're talking about um black dads. Mm-hmm. And obviously the six of them, and and what scene? I don't know the bunch of black dads and the four guys that didn't have the dads in their lives, turn turn, turn the back and then mm-hmm. and let the room shine for the two guys mm-hmm. that 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 had the dads in their life. And obviously we didn't get the narrative or speak about the how people that didn't grow up with a dad in their life feel because we get the narrative all the time uh, within black people. Black dads are never there, so on and so forth. So I really appreciated the fact that we got the narrative of how black boys or black men are affected by their fathers that are actually there. Um, and it's not always, just because your father's there doesn't mean that everything's all good, obviously. Um, and the two guys that, I think it was Mr. Mr. Purple and... It was Mr. Purple. Was yellow? And, no, no, yeah, it was yellow. Yellow. Yeah, yellow. And yeah. for Hassan, that's Midnight and Obsidian. Yeah. Yeah, and both of them had, had their fathers. Oh, no, it was, uh, it's Jet and Onyx. 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 Oh, yeah, Onyx, Onyx. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, Onyx. yeah, both of them had their fathers in their lives, but the... 
um, they've both been impacted by them um, very, very differently. And I really liked how they approached that that conversation and how they left out the conversation about not having black fathers in your life and that affects you because we hear it all the time. Mm. We see it all the time in media. Um, and I'm glad they took a, they didn't, I don't want to say waste time because I feel that's a bit disrespectful, but I didn't dwell on that because we've seen it so many times and it's been done well uh, in other mediums and, it's, and it hasn't been done well in other mediums. But I just like the fact that they focus on that a bit more. Yeah, and I think it also was like great to see, um, because I think yeah, what you just said about like just because the dad is there doesn't mean that it's always good. Because I think that's also a conversation that generally tends to be missing sometimes. Of like, what about dads who are there and are just kind of more disruptive? Where you have like a a toxic relationship and like what does what does that look like, especially between men? And I think you could see it in how Mister Purple Mm. dealt with like confrontation confrontation and even like other men and stuff um and yeah um i mean it's kind of hard to pick because all most of you know most of the characters all of their sort of uh, for black of better like a their trauma backstories mm-hmm. were all quite um they were all quite moving um to be honest i like the fact that the play focuses on like almost like the origins of our behaviors if you get what i'm saying as opposed mm-hmm. to how they affect people today like we see that in day to day and um i feel like i don't want to say any names for hassan to correct me you can um, say the color and then I'm gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um I, I don't know if it was just because of his performance but i i really enjoyed um orange's story about him trying to fit in and him trying to like talk to women and things like yeah like that it was very um powerful hassan he's, he's had done a very good performance there to be honest mm-hmm. with you um it's kind of hard because it's just it, I feel like this play is always going to resonate with p- different people differently depending on what they've experienced. Mm. Um, I thought I'm going to call him Blue. I thought his story was quite interesting because it's not something that I think about. And so Mr. Blue's whole deal was he was the he was the gallist and whatnot. And um, I guess his whole ordeal is that he didn't correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, he didn't feel like he achieved much in school and and life and things, but he was good at getting girls. So that kind of um, became the one thing that he kept doing because that was the one thing that he was good at. And I guess what that was interesting to me is that I kind of, I know people like that and I never really thought about like why they're like that. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I guess for me, it was just sort of like food for thought and and, and, and an extra level of understanding, you know, my my black brothers that might not behave like me or think like me, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm Yeah, I think what I found interesting about that as like, I don't want to keep saying as a woman, but I'm just saying, <laughs> like, I just I find it so interesting how people think about like this isn't just like men, but just people in general think about like relationships and stuff and like how they kind of process like how how they show love to other people or like how they value themselves. And I think for me, like I found his conversation with um Yellow about like black women very yeah. interesting like it was interesting as a woman like obviously on twitter or whatever we get into these like arguments about like colorism or whatever or, like men's preferences and stuff but it was interesting to hear it from like two men talking about it and like even with yellow you know being pro-black and being like i love my african queens and blah 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 but you know them putting him up on the fact that he had only talked about this woman's appearance and he hadn't said anything about her like actual yep. qualities as well mm-hmm. so it was like even though he was kind of presented as like you would think that he's supposed to be the right character or whatever like there was still like everyone was flawed or like everyone mm. was maybe not flawed is the wrong word but 
everyone nuance. had that yeah had their individual nuances so i i found that conversation that he had with um mr blue interesting and also i think the same of like knowing guys like that who just like always get girls and you're just thinking like i don't know i i you don't really think much past that because i guess in a world where maybe you know he's just seen as like the handsome good looking guy like you're not really thinking about like yeah like is that a problem for him does he like feel like he's got shortcomings that he can't seem to just like open up and he yeah, I don't, yeah, was, like it's yeah. the thing that on the surface you're like, there's nothing wrong with getting ladies, is yeah. there? But then mm. you, you unpack it, right? And I think we all know that person that was like a bit, a little bit too thirsty. Do you know what I mean? And you know, the, this play does the does the best at kind of not picking a side. Yeah, um, and yeah. and that was something that like I really like latched onto. Like as I was reading it, um, the character that kind of the, that kind of like stuck with me the most uh sorry was pitch uh the conversation about like being black enough and like how he saw himself with black people and like like almost feeling like an imposter in his own community and in his own skin and and because of like how he talks or because of what he was listening to that like pushed him out of any sort of um authentic blackness like that conversation like really hit home with me like i really like I was like reading it. I was like, "Oh my god!" I, f- I <laughs> like, mean, if you if you saw the performance as well, or like he really, yeah, yeah, because because it's like uh, as as I was growing up, like I think that's like the the internalized conversation that I had a lot of the time, where it was like mm. because I'm out because of what I listen to or how I dress, am I not black? Mm. And because I'm not doing what these these dudes are doing, does that mean that I can't fit in or I can't? ascribe to my own culture that it makes you feel like kind of a an outsider in your own outside community and that really translated so beautifully into like how this was put together like that really got me like really really got me the really kind of goofy uh like chat up on the train no. as well like no. <laughs> i was like i i see this dude like i I, I love that because all the um we were sitting next to like a woman who was quite like vocal and we would just say I mean you know we were just like yes you go like I don't know all guys are kind of like Ugh. <laughs> it was just um that was really hilarious you just said, like, uh, yeah I was just like you just you just go get just it. yeah anyway my I don't I can't call it my favorite moment but the part where I was crying like a baby and I think everyone was crying like a baby and this is probably like one of the heaviest parts of the show um and i don't know why i feel like i could cry right now but um was mr green's yeah. um revelation of him being sexually abused as a child um and those conversations are always tough in any medium like um in for colored girls there's like um a character who is raped and that is really difficult and that's one of the reasons you should never watch the Tyler Perry version because that was not handled very well but um I think just the way that that whole thing unraveled with the song being like a trigger and him like being very vulnerable like I've never heard that kind of conversation anywhere like even listening to like another like not all male podcasts have a bad rap. I, I listen to some good male podcasts, but like, um, I just wanted to say that before you're like, what kind of male podcasts does she look? But like, even when I've listened to like male podcasts where they're like having 
um conversations about like you know the male experience or like male sexual experience and stuff but that like whole conversation of him being like oh you know he was with a girl and he just couldn't get up because he was triggered by the and not knowing what that trigger was and then going back to that moment and just I don't know it was it was a lot it was a lot but it was very well um I don't know it felt very realistic (laughs) um I would say um and I think that's why it probably touched a lot of people in the audience um because I think there's a lot of women who also can like relate to that story directly but we get to see a lot of women talking about that and we get to see a lot of portrayals of what that's like um you know when I think of like I may destroy you and other things like that but I've never I've literally never I couldn't name one like piece of work that reflects on this um like it did there and I think it it takes me back to like things like I remember watching like a Lil Wayne video when he was talking about how he lost his virginity when he was like 11 or something like that and I was like uh and I always felt really weird about that and I've heard like loads of other rappers or boys say stuff like oh yeah I lost my virginity when I was 12 and stuff and like for me I've always been like oh that's weird but if you're talking about it like this I can only take your word for it as like okay then it must have been fine but in my head I've always been like well there's something wrong there and I just like it's not a comfortable conversation to broach um so I thought yeah just having that out there like I think for people who have experienced that and maybe have never been able to talk about it I think that was that might have been a really validating moment for them I don't know I can't really speak on that but um yeah I think that was my like I think about that a lot um yeah I don't know what you guys I mean honestly yeah I was gonna say it was incredibly difficult to read there's there's something like um very very true in how it's written like it feels like it's it's less of a narrative like like less of a narrative and more of like a you've been let in to someone who's letting their walls down and like there's very few moments where i've read and i've felt like the author is so like kind of like naked in front of you like it it was like it could have so easily been like hammed up or like made into like a ridiculous kind of um caricature of a man who's like being emotional and it really wasn't it was yeah it, it's like i'm <laughs> like feeling it like kind of like when i read it at the time oh my god the the thing that like hurt me the worst and like kind of hurt me the most reading that was the parent talk like when he talks to the parent and the parents like like we can't get another babysitter like that was the thing that they had the issue with in that situation. I I felt my stomach drop out of like <laughs> out of the bottom of me like reading that's awful. Yeah, I, I don't think we got that part in the play, unless I'm mistaken. With the parent. Yeah, the baby. Yeah, said, I don't think that. Yeah. Like a, I don't remember that. Oh, go go yeah. and go and read it. So in the um in the play, um he could he confronts his parent and he goes to speak to her. And how he approaches her. And it's like this really tentative and terrifying, like, I think there's something wrong. And the mom making excuses of, oh, we can't find another babysitter. I can't afford to, like, they're, they're watching you for free. And it's fine if they bring, like, their their friend. Don't don't worry so much. It'll be fine. It's in your head. Mm. Bam. 
first time. Like getting goosebumps, just like like rethinking about it. Yeah, I'm kind of glad they left out of the play because I, I don't think yeah, I'll be able to hate yeah, that. But yeah, been a lot, you know. Yeah. I, th- I think what also was so difficult about uh, Mr. Green's part was, um, as I mentioned, like sometimes there'll be men they'll say they had um, sex experience at X and Y age, but not really digging deep into how that makes them feel. And I feel like in the play, we got to see. Again, I might be me speaking, but it felt like we got to see what was actually going on in their head when they said things like that. Because mm-hmm. even if I remember correctly, he was saying stuff like, "There's nothing wrong with it." Like, yeah. like he was he was boasting yeah. at the yeah. fact that he'd done it at, at, at such a young age. Mm-hmm. But then we slowly see the descent into how much is actually affecting him, mm-hmm. um, which I think that might go through people's head. But what comes out of the mouth is completely different, and that's mm-hmm. just how I felt when he was giving that performance. Like, I was really, really upset watching him. Like, like I, f- I, f- I really, really have like a, like a physical feeling towards um that particular, throughout the most of the play, but that particular performance as well, um, but but yeah, it was, it was, it was living thing about now. It's just a lot. It was a lot to, to yeah. go through. It was I'd have been bawling like a child, like if, if I was watching it with you guys. I, it was don't... out of pocket for him as well. I think with with Green, I think with all the other characters, you kind of had an idea of what kind of archetype there was but then green just kind of hit you out of nowhere and you're yeah. like right i didn't see that one coming yeah. i think also um yeah man you just reminded me of like the lead up to that revelation of him like i think a lot of the time um so for example when i talk about that lil wayne interview and stuff is like the people around him are like oh my god wow so young and it's like almost like a thing where you're like bolstering the person up and making them proud but i think what made it so powerful in that moment was that he said that and everyone around him looked at him like what the fuck yeah and you, if you don't have that reaction then you internalize it and you're like yeah. well oh it must be fine it must be fine and it's like clear that up until that moment everyone had been like you know i guess with that part with his parents everyone had told him like it's just in his head and that was the first time where i guess people around him were validating the fact that that was messed up um and he was maybe able to like reflect on it yeah but that slow leading it was like, out of nowhere because i was like it was i was crying for like te- i don't know what happened after that part until we got to the happy part i was shaking yeah um can i just say um as well because i haven't really spoken about him but um mr red as well hmm. um i just really i was quite interested in the idea of his thing about hiding his sexuality and because he felt like it was such a um a bad like sin a taboo thing it kind of led him to like like treat it as such a bad thing and his mm. kind of like commitment issues and and mm-hmm. like going to these cd clubs and that i thought that was pretty cool to be fair i think what was um interesting about that as well for me was that um there wasn't it was interesting it was almost painful actually there wasn't really any closure like he didn't it's not like he came out um in the play or anything and it was just kind of um i guess reckoning with like when you think of blackness and then like also anti-gayness and how those two things clash a lot in the black community I think that was like I don't know how to phrase this it was quite honest I guess in to ha- for him to still have that shame which is horrible that he felt like that but I feel like it, they didn't really gloss over that difficult part of the conversation like it it's not like it resolved like he just I mean he was quite carrying he was quite level-headed throughout the play I feel yeah. like and it almost felt like that was the dark side of him. And then he just goes back to being the level-headed guy almost, you know? 
uh, back to you, Ram saying about um, Mr. Red. I don't feel like I didn't have any closure. I don't feel like any of the characters um, had any um, yeah. co co conventional closure. And even um, Levi saying earlier that it felt like a therapy session. That's exactly what it felt like. It felt like a bunch of people were in a room trying to let out all the feelings that they they be that they've been holding in. Um, but yeah. Can I give one quote for uh, Jet and like his the way he internalizes his sexuality, which is like so beautifully put, which is like it's hot, it's, it's evil that like still we like kind of segregate our own culture mm -hmm. when we're already segregated as a culture. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm forced to wait out till dark to move in the dark with my dark skin to dance my dark dance in dark places, looking for dark people with even darker secrets. And it was quite a moving yeah. scene as well. He's, yeah. he's got a background of a dancer, so that was like that scene was just very, um, Ooh. yeah, just like, like having to like compartmentalize your whole life to like hide who you truly are, mm -hmm. to like kind of try and keep yourself in communities. It's horrifying and like terrifying. <laughs> My heart is like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's move on to the fun, not fun parts, but I guess. Joy parts. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think what was also great about it was like, like I said at the beginning as well. There was there was a lot of like song, um, a lot of great songs. Soundtrack <laughs> was hard. The yeah. soundtrack was good. Um, <laughs> and everyone could dance so well. I was so <laughs> jealous. Um, but there was a lot of that. I guess. What was your favorite joyful moment? Let's like try and like wrap up with a a, a fun, a fun something fun. Um. Yeah, what was your, maybe not just a moment that was like joyful within the play itself, but like a moment where you felt really like light and you felt like maybe you felt like you could cry, but it was like happy tears. Because for me, should I say what mine is? I mean, <laughs> yeah. at the end. Sorry. Yeah, I think mine. I felt was, at the end. Mine, I think mine was at the end um, where they were just like playing with each other and just like, um, like, I don't know why I have a big thing. I need to stop doing this. I'm always like, Levi, do you hug your friend? Come here, come here. I think it was just like the physical touch of just like everyone just, you know, like comforting each other, especially... Um, to my birthday when some who someone complimented you and Cody was like, why don't men do that? Yeah, at <laughs> his birthday, so me and like his friend's girlfriend were like, oh, she was like, oh, I really like your hair, and I was like, oh, I like your shoes, like you know stuff that girls do, whatever. But and then his friend was just like, why don't men do that? And I was like, I don't. Know. Why don't you do that? I mean, some men do that. Some men do. I, that. I, I listen. Next time I'm actually outside, I will compliment your shoes, and you cannot yeah. stop and me. And give him a hug. <laughs> <laughs> a hug. Um, but I think what was so great don't about. <laughs> um, apart from like them just like embracing one another it also felt like a celebration of like the actors as well like I felt in that moment yeah. it wasn't just the characters it was also the actors being like well done we just did this amazing performance that is really heavy and probably really draining on our mental health and our like bodies and stuff but like woohoo like and there was such a sense of like brotherhood and I thought that was an amazing amazing moment um there was another moment but I can't remember what it is so um, um I, I'll, I'll go next then um i think my favorite moments um are the moments where they tease each other and make each other laugh and like put each other up like there's like interspersed throughout like each of their stories there's moments where like of like really beautiful levity like where they just like where they just like uh 
when um when pitch is talking about like the girl on the train and they're like and he's like oh i had a fling they're like sorry brother <laughs> 1990 <laughs> like 1998 cool and they were they were back like that's just really lovely like moments like in these like very vulnerable like situations it's just mm, chef kiss without it i don't know if i could survive to the end yeah, I think it would have been a very long play. <laughs> yeah, the comedic breaks were, were really important. Otherwise, I, I would have been broken. I, th- I think the only other thing that, apart from what Ram already covered, is the music. And I particularly remember Routine Check coming on, and I hadn't heard it in a while. I was vibes in. And the person I went with never heard of that song in my life. Confused. But yeah, I, I was I was vibes in um, with the music. There's like qu- quite a few songs that I really, really enjoyed. It was very, um, I don't want to say age-appropriate, but I feel I like the songs was... weren't old, old. It was like you grew up listening to to almost all of these songs. Yeah. Mm. No, I think I think it was the end for me. It felt like not. It just felt like almost. It, it just it just felt like we should support and uplift our brothers and listen to each other. I think the conversations I've said this already, but they echo a lot of conversations I've had when I was younger. You know, I grew up in a hood and I've had loads of conversations with people that are like better than me and better than me do you know what i mean and and we, on paper it might be like you know why you wouldn't even want to be around this person but it's like that kind of sense of camaraderie you have that it's like cool we have we have a shared experience you know we we're in this kind of struggle together and no matter what little arguments or whatever you have along the way you kind of all spud each other and 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 that's you know your homies and i feel like that's how the, the film, the film, uh, when watching him dancing and them all supporting him made me want to call the homies and just say, yo, well, you guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> no hug. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more that can be discussed, but I feel like we are, you know, we have limited time and stuff. Um, I guess, are there any other last thoughts i remembered all of a sudden like we didn't go over stuff like um them talking about their experiences being like stopped and searched by the police um conversations about like the n-word and all that kind of stuff um but there's a lot there's a lot yeah Yeah. um but yeah any last thoughts that you want to bring up i would just like to see more um nuanced black experiences to be fair um whether it's about young girls old african uncles whatever if you give me like a uh a honest and nuanced view on all forms of like you know our black lives it helps us all better understand each other um like hassan said about us kind of already fragmenting our community that's already being targeted by powers that be or whatever have you it's always good to understand the people that um, you're in it, like in it together with essentially. Um, so I guess I just want to see more honest, like honestly written things. It's nice that it was a black man that wrote this play about black boys. Um, I wouldn't have been surprised if, for example, a black woman wrote this play. Mm. Like, do, do, do you kind of get what I'm saying? Yeah, I would have. I, I would have. Because that's some experiences that I don't think we, but I think that's what was so beautiful about it though. Because it was like, I just, like, I I would, like, I um have this whole thing about, like, I really want there to be some, like, black Disney princes. I know that sounds really shallow, but, like, I just don't think I see enough, like, me stuff for black yeah. boys. But oh, no, sorry. Let I me rephrase that. that. I don't mean, sorry. I mean, as in a black 
I wouldn't be surprised if there was a black play about yeah. black boys written about written by a black woman. Oh, not okay. this particular play. Sorry, <laughs> I just realized what I said. Yeah, because I was like, there's no, some things that I no. would not have thought of. So I just want some more like non-pandery, you know, almost ob- like objective view of things in it. There doesn't always have to be a overarching narrative that has some form of hero's journey. Sometimes it can just be an experience and you know. Yeah. Mm. Well, just, just more honestly, um, I would say. But that's, that, I think that's the best way for me personally to describe it. It just felt honest um, in the interaction that I had, and I, and that's what I appreciate. I I definitely really vibe with the ending not being everything tied up, like narratively. Yep. Um, I I definitely want to see like more stories where the framework isn't um, a complete circle, like when you leave things open you leave things open to to think about and to talk about and to like enjoy more in your own head and like having these stories be not parables but people because people aren't ending the moment they stop talking do you know what i mean like that really nailed it home for me where it was like their stories aren't over they're still continuing to live in this world and they're still continuing to struggle with the struggles they have specifically to how they see themselves and how they see blackness and i think that's that's really beautiful and i I, I want to see more things where it's it's not about finishing it's about living that's what i want to see um i don't know why i left myself (laughs) um yeah i guess similar to basically everything you guys said i would like to see more of this please um, I would like to see it on TV, um, but particularly I don't know about that. not this was, on TV. Thinking... No, not this particularly. But I would like to see uh, Insecure. But like, yes, in, yes. like male. I want to see something that's like not. I mean, this wasn't all lighthearted. But like, I really one of the things about Insecure that I just really love is like it's just black people, like black women, just living living their lives, going through things. And I would like to see more. Like, obviously, there's like great male characters, but it is more of a um, like is a show written by a woman um also for women so i guess i would like to see more of that um on tv because i don't idris this is what your next project would be <laughs> yeah i don't know what you uh, was doing with 100 streets <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, what I've, your next project i've, I've got a working title yeah, i've got a working title we call it him secure then we <laughs> no. hold them to the other <laughs> um but yeah i would like to see more of that and i think just general like i think it's important, like you said, for us to be able to understand each other by having more stories that are very specific to like, you know, specific groups and stuff. And I think the more of that we have, the easier it is for us to have conversations and like be willing to have uncomfortable conversations at times and know that it's it, like, it's fine if, you know, we're not, we don't all have to be the same mm. um, type of black person. <laughs> we can all still uphold each other and stuff. Um, so yeah, and also I would just like to see more of this in theater in general because yep. yeah, theater is just yeah, yeah. Uh, like at the moment I'm really my anti-theater. <laughs> like I like <laughs> I'm working in a theater, but I'm like kind of I don't know. Sometimes it just feels a bit of a struggle. Um, well, I mean, you know me, I got I got smooth brain. I be saying to Ram, "Am I stupid or did that theater <laughs> show not make sense?" Because if I lose focus for one minute, I feel like I've lost like major themes. Yeah, I just think that it's. <laughs> You know, it's like it's such a great space, and I think there's a lot of like black work in general that just lends itself to theater. And it, but we just need the space to not 
be like white people telling us like oh but we need to make sure that Sally understands the themes and stuff like that. It just needs to be what it needs to be. And yeah. So mm. Sally can listen. Yeah, Sally can listen. If she wants, if I she guess. doesn't get it, then that's her problem. So like, I, I think that's like a thing we need to like kind of accept as well. Like if something, if something isn't specifically for you, it's okay not to get it, but it's still important to listen, right? Because like you might not get it on the first pass, but like get used to the idea of seeing people who are different than you as people rather than as their skin tone like that's super important and like challenge yourself and think you watch you read you play i will that's say it's hilarious thing. to watch some audience members not get certain things slash <laughs> things in the, there was definitely an interracial couple who felt very called out by the <laughs> conversation that they were having about interracial couples and it was hilarious because the woman was not having it she felt so awkward like the guy was like fully on board like laughing haha it's a joke about us and she her face was not happy throughout the rest. But she of was black day. too, no? Yeah, she yeah, was she black. Looked, she black and yeah. he was white and he was cool and she yeah. wasn't. She <laughs> was not happy. Um, so that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, more please is is my. Um, yeah. I give this ten black boys out of ten black boys. Ten out of ten. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I wasn't even gonna rate this because I feel like it's off the it's off the charts. So yeah, like, it, this is perfection. Um, uh, I've yep. read it three times. I can't recommend it enough. Like it's it's fantastic. Well, that is uh, for black boys who have considered suicide when the hue gets too heavy. That's the second time I'm saying the full title because um, it's it, a lot. It's, it's a, lot. a long title. Um, but yeah, definitely see it, read it. I mean, don't see it because you can't see it. But if you get the chance to see it, see it, um, and definitely read it, and definitely check out um, all of their. Well, I'm really excited as well because the actors were all quite um, fresh, I guess, like out of drama school or um, quite like haven't got a long list of credits. So it was really cool to see new talent as well in the space. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what else they get up to. Um, but there's someone else. Hassan, can you do this? Yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> you can find us at The Nerd Alternative without the E on Twitter. You can find us at The Nerd Alternative with the E on Instagram, Reddit, TikTok, Hive, YouTube, pretty much every social media platform we're on. Um, you can watch some of our video content on YouTube and some gameplay stuff on TikTok too. Yeah. Please give us a rate, review, a like. You can listen to us on any major podcast platform too. And that is that is us. That's an episode. Manny, Thank where can we find you? Oh, sorry. Um, Igrin Adema everywhere on Medium, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Uh yeah. Post credit scene podcast. Um yeah, I guess that's where you can find me. Mm, yeah, you got that new podcast as well. Like I listened to a couple of episodes. It's so cheers, good. Cheers, it's cheers. so good. Cheers, cheers. I'm gonna throw up all the links on the episode anyway, so don't worry. I got you. See you later, guys. Peace. Bye. Peace, peace, peace.